we're starting off this study of Psalms with a reminder of what it means to meditate on God's word. And I'm so thankful for the way that Psalm 1 introduces the Psalms with this call to meditation on God's word. I pray that this series blesses you and that it helps you to hear Jesus more clearly. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, just a minute before we get into our next episode, but I wanted to just remind you of two free resources that I think will bless you. The first is the free Facebook group. It's the Christian Women's Daily Bible Study, and it's just a place to encourage each other, to pray for each other, to um, maybe ask questions about the podcast, those kinds of things, and it's just a place for us to have some community. The link is in the show notes, or you can just search us on Facebook. And the second is our weekly email, and the weekly email, um, we're changing it. It's coming out on Mondays now instead of Friday. Fridays. And what it does is it looks at the the last week's episodes in case you missed any, but there's also journaling prompts. And I think that's really helpful in um, the way that helps us process the things that God is teaching us. And so I pray that those resources bless you. They're absolutely free. I just want you to take advantage of them. And again, if you have any questions on anything, you can always message me. It's rachel at shehears.org. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are starting our study of the Psalms, and we're going to be going through probably a chapter a day, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, depending. Some of them are rather short, some of them are rather long, so we're going to kind of be spirit-led with that, as I said. And so the way I think I'm going to handle this is I'm going to start off each day by reading the psalm, or at least the portion of the psalm that we're going to be studying. And we're going to read it a couple times each day because I think there's value in really meditating in God's word. I'm going to approach it a little bit like I do the color method, if you have done in-person Bible studies with me before or read any of my books. And then I'm also going to read it in a couple different versions because I think sometimes it's helpful to hear the different uh, kinds of phrases that the different translations give us. So I'm starting with the ESV version. And if you want to go along with these, um, somebody reached out to me this week and they said, do you have a Bible study to go along with this? This is um, straight from scripture. This I don't I don't have anything written. I might write something on it down the road. But um, we're really just in our Bibles. And so I would encourage you, if you haven't already, I would encourage you to start doing the color method of study. That's literally what I'm doing. And then we're talking about some of the insights that we can glean from each of these passages. And if you don't have a Bible that you are comfortable writing in, 
I have Bibles in the She Hears shop specifically for this reason. There's journaling Bibles and note-taking Bibles that have room in the margins to write notes. I would highly encourage you to get uh, one of those, get out, get your hands on a, a copy of those. But let me just say, if you don't want to write in your Bible, I, I want to ask the question, why? And and I think sometimes people feel like it's irreverent or it's, um, you know, you might offend God listen, what offends God is you not reading the word or you not understanding the word. What offends God is his, his Bible sitting close. If you are in the word, you are highlighting it, you are reading it, you are studying it. That's the whole point. So I, I want you to really think about that and think about the reasons why you might be hesitant to, to write in your Bible. So sorry, that was my disclaimer. So we're going to start in book one, chapter one, and this would be a section what in what we would call like a, a wisdom psalm. So remember, if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, go back and listen. But the psalms are a collection of songs that have different authors, different reasons, different contexts. And so we're going to kind of pull some of those out each day as we study. So starting in verse one, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Now, if you are doing the color method, um, you can do whatever order you like as far as what things you're looking for, what things you're highlighting at each time. But um, the way that I typically do it is I usually start looking for the names. And we see pretty early on that this passage mentions the Lord. That's the name that jumps off the page to us. And then I would really kind of hone in on um, the action sequences within this passage. And so what I observed when I was doing the color method of this is we're talking about a righteous man. And what does a righteous man do and don't do? So right away, we see that a righteous man, and by the way, when it says man, it means human. So even though it's saying man, this goes for women as well. And um, this is talking about humankind, that word. So a righteous man doesn't walk in the wicked's counsel, meaning he doesn't go to unbelievers for advice or counsel. And so I think in our day and age, that even includes things like the news, you know, or um, seeking, seeking advice from the world instead of going to God. He doesn't hang out with sinners. He doesn't sit with scoffers. But what does he do? He delights in God's law. He meditates on God's law day and night. And so we see a result of that. As a result of that, he is planted by streams. The thing about being planted is the seed doesn't have control about where it's planted. The seed can only grow in the place that it's planted. They, the seed cannot, like I have this tree in my front yard. Without 
unless I wanted to go through a huge expense, which I don't even know it's possible where I live, I can't move that tree. That tree is where it's, it is. It's where that seed was planted. And so if we think about the difference between a righteous man and an unrighteous man, the righteous man that is meditating on God's law, that is delighting in God's law, the result of that is being planted by streams. What happens when we're planted by a stream? Well, I can tell you the difference where I live between the trees that are planted near a stream versus the trees that aren't. The ones that are planted by a stream, they're always green. Even um, in in stages where, where in the middle of a hot, hot summer and everything is brown and brittle, the ones that are planted by the stream, they're always green. They're well watered. They yield it says they yield good fruit. It doesn't wither and it prospers. I want you to think through those things as I read this again in the NIV, the New International Version. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the righteous assembly. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So what we see here is essentially this first psalm it's kind of an introduction to this entire book of psalms and and what as i just said it kind of um contradicts or contrasts two different kinds of people and so each group of people will have a distinct set of life principles basically in relation to how they view god or their relationship with god so on one hand you have the believers that love God and they do what his word says. Uh, the scripture calls them the righteous ones or the righteous man. And so they separate themselves from the behaviors of the world or the beliefs of the world and the things in the world that are offensive to God. And I'll tell you, we live in a culture that that's increasingly hard to do, which means you have to be intentional about it. I feel like when our, probably like my grandparents' age, was young, the culture, even though there's always been evil, obviously, but the culture was nowhere near as evil and corrupt as it is right now. And that's not a surprise. It's not like that's the first time it's happened in history throughout the Roman times and throughout scripture. We, we read about this, but I think we have to be really intentional as believers about setting ourselves apart from the, the default position of the world. And then on the second hand, you have the person who follows the behaviors and the beliefs of the world and they defy God, they deny God, they reject God's word and scripture calls them the wicked. So God knows and we see in this in this passage he blesses the ones that follow him. But what's it say about the ones that aren't following him? They have no place in God's kingdom. That's, I know that that sounds harsh, but the reality of what we're dealing with here is a contrast between um, 
the consequence of living a godly life versus the consequence of not. I think one of the things that is evident here is there will be a difference, an observable difference between those that are following God and those that are not. And what does that mean for me? Can can somebody that does not know me or just casually know me, say it's somebody from work, can they see a difference in the way that I live versus the way that those of the world live? And so I think it's one thing to say that we're believers. It's one thing to go to church on Sunday or attend a Bible study. It's quite another to live your way, your life in a way that is contrary to the world. And while that is increasingly difficult to do, we see all the way back in the pages of the Psalms, the instruction that there should be a difference in the way that I live my life versus the way that an unbeliever lives theirs. I know I know. sometimes what I'll hear is things like, well, God forgives. And so, yeah, I'm a sinner, but God, God forgives. And while that's true, and while, you know, this process of becoming more like God, this sanctification process is a process. It's not like, you know, boom, we get saved and all of a sudden everything in our heart is clear. All of our sin is clear, all of that. I understand that's a process, but I think it comes down to our intention. Are we intentionally living a life that separates ourselves from the habits and the patterns of this world? Are we intentionally seeking after the things of God? And beyond that, what are our motivations? If somebody is in a relationship with the Lord, delighting in God's law, or the the law is basically referring to, to God's word, if we are delighting in that, there's going to be a consequence to that. There's going to be an outcome in our life when what we put in is what we put out. And so we're not doing it because um, we're trying to check off the box. We're doing it because we want to see Jesus revealed through the pages of the scriptures. And and I want to make a little bit of a disclaimer here too regarding my approach to reading the scriptures because I think what happens, and, and I think even a couple years ago I would have... Um, I would have maybe said this differently. I think what happens and something I've been taught in different churches is that the word of God is living and active. And of course, I don't disagree with that whatsoever. I do disagree with a lot of the definition of that. Sometimes what you'll hear is that the word of God is living and active, meaning uh, it will mean something different each time I read it, or it can mean something different to me each time I read it. And there's this temptation to say, and you'll even hear this in Bible studies, what did this passage mean to you? Or what is this passage? This is what this passage means to me. I would advise against having that attitude because you have to understand that the scriptures were written to a particular people in a particular time frame. And so you always have to read two, two ways. Number one, through the lens of Jesus, because we have to understand the storyline of scripture. Everything it's called the meta narrative from the beginning to the end is a storyline about Jesus. So we always have to read through the lens of Jesus. And number two, we have to read within the context, the context of the original audience, the context of the original time, the the history, the culture, the things that were going on, who who was speaking, who was being spoken to. Now what that does is when we understand those things, it helps us understand 
who God is. It reveals the character and the nature of God. And of course, we know that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so if we understand an aspect of God's nature and character from a particular passage, it informs us as to how he works now. Now, that's not to say that something that's read in that passage of scripture is is not something that God's going to use to encourage and equip you today. That's absolutely not the case. In fact, that's the very reason why we meditate on God's word and why we study God's word. But we don't do it assigning our meaning to it. In other words, we don't we don't read a verse and say, "Oh, this is what this means in 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 my life." Instead, we let the text tell us what it means. And so my encouragement is as we're reading through these verses, um, read it for what it says, not what you think it says or not what you've been told it says, but for what it actually says, because that will reveal to you the true aspects of who God is, what he wants from us, what he expects of us, and how he wants to operate in our lives. A couple uh, weeks ago, it might have been a month or so ago now, we did a study on meditation on God's word and what it means to meditate on a passage of scripture. And that word meditate is used here in this passage. And I want to remind you that we're not meditating on God's word just for the heck of it or just because that's what's expected of us. But it really is because there's a desire to live in this place where we hear God's voice clearly, where we can be in a place of blessing and favor and understanding, and we allow it to shape our thinking. We allow it to permeate our attitudes and our behavior. We, we want to get to a place where meditating on God's word is thinking about it long enough that we understand what it means long enough that it has consequences in our lives. And I say these word consequences, not in a bad, in a bad way. And of course, consequences can be bad, but I'm saying that if I am meditating on God's word, what this, this passage tells us to do, to meditate on his word day and night, there will be a consequence. That consequence will be God's word getting into my head and my heart. And hopefully the natural connection is our everyday lives. And a, and a quick word about that. What we are doing on the podcast is devotional reading. We're not doing in-depth Bible study. And so um, while these podcasts, these 15, 20-minute podcasts are here as a way to get you in God's Word, it's a way to give you some devotional material. It does not take the place of your own personal Bible study. And I want to I want to encourage you to go and be in the word for yourself. Take this passage that I've read to you, this this little bit of insight I've given you, and you go read Psalm 1 today. Read it on your lunch break, and then maybe read it again before you make dinner, and maybe read it again before you go to bed, and maybe pray through it, and, and see what starts to happen as you're meditating on God's word. Do the color method if you have time, but see what starts to happen as you start meditating on God's word. As we read through and as you are meditating on any of these passages, there's a couple things that I think are helpful to ask ourselves as we are meditating on, on a passage. You might want to, uh, and you can journal these too, um, you can journal these questions down, because I think this applies to every passage, not just this passage. But you might want to think through, how is God's Spirit asking me to apply these scriptures to my present situation? Or what would this passage teach me 
about God's character? Or is there a promise here for me to recognize? Is there something here that I can I can recognize as a promise of God? Or is this passage revealing some sin that I need to get right? Is there a command here that God's given me that I need his help to obey? Or how should this passage affect my relationship with him or my relationships with other people? Is there something here to take away in regard to my relationships? Or is my spirit really recognizing and in harmony with what God's spirit is saying? And if not, what's the reason for that? Like, what is the reason that I might be rejecting what this is saying? Is there a truth here about my personal behavior that I need the Spirit's help with? And I think that's kind of where we stop. Like we tend to get to a place where we understand Scripture, even if, you know, we're meditating on something for a while. But when we get to a place where it calls a response from us, that's the place that I think we shut our Bibles, we walk away, and we forget what it said. And instead, the goal of meditation is to bring us back to this place where we are learning how to hear God's voice and how to step into obedience to what he's telling us to do. I think there's another element here that I don't want you to miss, where it talks about being like a tree planted by streams of water. As we are meditating on God's word, there's something that's going to happen. Because as we're pursuing this deeper relationship with God, as we are pursuing understanding God's word and learning from the Holy Spirit, um, reading our Bibles, being in the word, remember in, in scripture, water often represents God's spirit. And so we, we see that throughout the scriptures, this representation of the spirit of God that is represented in the water. Remember, Jesus talks about living water. He, he's living water. So, um, when we, when it talks about this being tr- planted, like by a stream of water, what we see is that as we spend time in his word, we will also receive from God the things that we need to refresh our spirit, to give us the power to get through the daily things of life that are so hard and so draining. Just like when we're thirsty, that water satisfies our thirst. God's spirit will satisfy our need for him. And so, you know, there's there's the one verse that talks about whatever he does prospers. That does not mean that we are not going to have problems or failures or disappointments or heartache. What it does mean is that living water, that spirit of God will be there to give us peace, to help us get through it. And so that place of prospering is experiencing God's presence, receiving his peace, getting discernment on how to handle something. And that comes as a result of meditating on his word. And one more thought before we pray. The word talks about the wicked as being like the chaff or chafe, however you want to say it. But if you don't know what that is, um, and, and this is where the understanding of the original audience is helpful, it was the dried covering from the grain or like the grass seed that they would be using. And that piece gets blown away by the wind. And so when it talks about uh, not so the wicked, they're like the chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. Meaning the wind blows away, it, it kind of goes everywhere, every which way. Which way? There's no direction. There's no um, fruit there. It, it's not a seed that's planted. 
Instead, it's just blown away. And I want you to see that. I want you to see what the clear line between our behavior and the consequence of our behavior. If our behavior is in line with the wickedness of this world, then what happens? We get blown away like the wind. Versus if our behavior is in line, our heart is in line. And how do we get our heart in line? By meditating on God's word. How do we meditate on God's word? We read it. We read it again. We sit with it. We allow it to permeate our hearts and our minds. The result of that is being planted in a place that produces fruit, good fruit, that prospers us. When it talks about the judgment, when it talks about being in the assembly of the righteous, I don't know about you, friends, but that's where I want to be. Not just because, um, you know, it's not about getting a free ticket out of hell. Yes, of course, that's that's a consequence. But it's about the way we live our lives in the meantime. I think there's a definite difference between people that are thriving and prosperous and walking in their purpose, the way that God created them, that are they are growing and developing fruit in a way that God created them for versus the ones that are just being blown away or blown whichever direction the world takes them. There's a definite difference there. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read this passage again for you and I want you to think about it in terms of some of the things that I mentioned and then we're going to pray blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night he is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like the chaff that the wind blows away, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Lord God, thank you for such a clear introduction to the difference between living a life for you and living our lives for ourselves or living our lives according to the world instead of your word. God, I pray that you would convict our hearts, that you would reveal to us the things that you want us to see as we meditate on your word, that you would help us to understand what that means, how to operate in, in a way, how to function in a way that we learn from you, we hear you, we understand you, so that the natural result of that is that we would be well watered, that we would not be thirsty, but that we would be, even in times where things are hard, we would be rooted and grounded in you. And we would experience the peace that comes from being in your presence and hearing your voice more clearly. Lord God, I pray for my friends today that as they go throughout their day, that you would remind them of this passage that we, we read today, that you would you would beckon their hearts to come back to this place, to read it again, so they can meditate on you and your love for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. 
Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.